This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the East Coast Offense Podcast. This is Chris List. This podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. There's a special offer for new FanDuel users. You can get for 10 bucks. I don't remember the exact deal. I'll get it at the end. I'll re-record this at the end. I honestly don't remember the deal. I'm not reading it. I have guests over. I'm trying to squeeze this podcast in because the first one got garbled. So it is Fandle. Fandle.com slash RW. It's where you get whatever the deal actually is. Dalton, what's up? What's going on? How you doing? Well, we spent like, what, what 50 minutes yesterday recording <laughs> a podcast, and it's uh, gone. Um, so we're going to repeat ourselves. It but, wasn't um, good. but anyway, good times. What's up, Liz? It wasn't one of our best. It was one that I'm not sad to see flushed down the toilet of history, <laughs> just Fine. like your lifetime will be at some point. Sure. Let's, uh, let's talk really quickly about the League of Leagues. You did that draft in Vegas. I think we executed our strategy just like we talked about, and I feel pretty good about the team. Oh, I'm, I'm actually really happy about it. But, of course, everyone's happy about their team after they come away. But, anyway, Kawhi uh, Cousins and Chris Paul were our first three picks. So we went heavy on, on NBA players and then heavy on, on wide receivers, A.J. Green, Jordy Nelson, and T.Y. Hilton. If, if there was a strategy that – I mean, we, we executed our strategy perfectly. Let's put it that way. Our strategy might be wrong, but we executed it perfectly. But how could our strategy be wrong when we're neck and neck to win the title this year? Yeah, I know exactly. And then we went head on on baseball hitters. We we actually just uh, did a trade this morning. Yeah, I feel good about it. I'm actually they chose the option I was most hoping they would choose, and and I did yell at you for drafting Rodney, who was just unusable with our strategy. You can't. It's have so funny who... that you gave me a hard time, and then we then we trade a guy that was drafted seven rounds earlier for him. It's a Kansas, and who fits our, our strategy perfectly. And it's so funny because you're like, we'll be able to trade him, and I'm thinking no one's going to trade for Rodney, and of course we trade him before the season even starts. But I want to turn to baseball because it's on the eve, obviously, of baseball okay. season. People still have drafts this weekend. And I had a post on the blog called My Portfolio. And I basically listed all the guys that I've gotten in every single league and then listed them by the number of shares I have in each one. And the, the guy who I have the most shares in randomly is Cesar Hernandez. I have six. And then Miguel Cabrera, Chris Davis, Steven Strasburg, and Buxton, and Cam Bedrosian. I have four, and then so on and so on. But then I also like made lists of guys I don't have who are in the NFBC top 50 ADP. Guys like Altuve, Chris Bryan, Paul Goldsmith, Manny Machado. I have none of those guys. Trey Turner, Donaldson, zero shares. And then there was like actually some of those guys I didn't get just because of where I drafted. And then there are players that I just avoided actively. Like I wasn't going to take Goldschmidt or Rizzo or Sale or Starling Marte where they were being drafted. So I want to ask you about those guys. Look at, look at the players. I don't know if you can pull it up the, that I actively avoided, that I didn't want any part of. Which so it's ones? funny. So I was in a 
fifteen hundred dollar uh, Rotowire league last night, right? right. And um, so I ended up with Bryant at pick seven, uh, Corey Seager in round two, and Freddie Freeman in round three. So it's funny that you say that because uh, those guys you do not own, and I, uh, I in a very important league, I, I uh, am heavily invested in. Yeah, but I didn't put them on the players I actively avoided. If you look at my right, I just happened not to own those three. Just happened to not, right? Okay. Meaning, obviously, I didn't go out of my way to get them, but. If you look at the actively avoided, it's Goldschmidt, Rizzo, Sale, Marte, and Carnacion in the first two rounds. Yeah, those make sense, though. I, I, I mean, what? So Goldschmidt, I always actively avoid myself, and I, I, I actually ended up with him in my home league, and I guarantee he's going to be terrible because of that. But um, I, I'm actually with you. What, what is the thing with Goldschmidt? Like, I, I have a bad feeling about him as well. Well, he stole even more bases last year. I keep saying the steals are going to disappear one year, and last year he went crazy and stole 31. But I just don't – he's not a guy who that's what he does for a living, that that's where he makes his money. So right. I don't want to count on it, and that's just such a big part of his value. In a year where power spikes so much, his power is actually down. Um, he's in a good park. The lineup's not bad. He'll you know have his runs and ribbies. He hits for average. I mean, he's a good player. It's just when you're taking him, like, sixth overall, I'd want, like, either an elite power and an elite speed guy, you know, or, you know, or a combination of both that, you know, comes with a little bit more, like Mookie Betts, who, you know, is – got basically low-end Goldschmidt power, higher-end speed, and more runs, better lineup, better better situation. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Incarnacion actually have the same feeling with you, even though that Cleveland's park is, is quietly really, really good for hitters. Um, and um, D- Danny Duffy, I'm actually really curious because uh, I love him. So what, what's your problem with him? Well, I, I did a I did some research on the NFPC and I used the steamer values for you know the projections from steamer to convert those into dollar values, and basically what it showed is all those pitchers in rounds six through ten, almost all of them. The only exception was Garrett Cole, and not that steamers you know got everything right, but it's overall pretty good barometer for what players should be projected for. All the pitchers were bad values, like all those Danny Duffy, Julio Tehran level pitchers, Aaron Sanchez. They didn't live up to their to what the, the price? Well, you were. lost that argument last year with Tehran with, no, with false no, court. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. You did not lose that argument. No, I said I said there's no upside there because he's on a team that can't get him wins. Do you know how many wins Tehran got? Despite probably not not even ten. Well, how many? Ten. Seven. seven. <laughs> okay. So no, his ERA with his ratios was, were pretty decent. No, Paul was correct that he had a great year and he's a really good pitcher. But if you even giving him his 90th percentile, which basically that was, he got seven wins. And my whole point was I would take Gossman over him, not because Gossman, not because Gossman was a better bet straight up to have more value, but that, you know, if you really want like a stud pitcher, get the guy who at least has a chance, right? Whose team will get him some wins. And so I was right and wrong. I mean, obviously, Tehran had a good year. I wasn't saying he couldn't have a good year. I was just saying that even if he had a good year, where's the upside? Right, right, yeah. No, even if it's like a, a ridiculous ERA, still winning seven seven games is right. pretty crazy. Like, where's the upside with that? If he has the ceiling of ERA and whip that you project for him, now the whip was worth a lot. So, I mean, Paul was also kind of right on that. I'm with you on Trump. I'm with you on Trumbo for sure, and um, and also uh, I, I actually like Nelson Cruz. Actually, I'm kind. You know that guy never hit more than like 33 homers until age 33. And now he's possibly going to hit 40 four straight years. It's a pretty crazy well, career. Yeah, it's a crazy career, but. I'm, you know, look, I've been wrong about him every year, but year four, I'm going to just keep quadrupling down because he's in Seattle. He's 36. He's not, you know, he was going in the eighth round and I was doubting him. Well, that's when I should have been buying in. But now that he's in the third round. Forget it. 
Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Anyway, Danny Duffy, by the way, um, his his K minus uh, walk percentage last year was better than the last three AL Cy Young winners. Right. Well, one of them was Porcello. That number stuff is it's garbage, man. That like, oh, well, let's look at the spreadsheets. Let's generate some metrics that you can just go by. To me, that's just garbage. Well, I mean, I hear you as far as like BABIP and stuff has been overrated in the past and stuff, but like, whatever. I mean, K minus walk percentage is kind of important. He had a good, he was a reliever for part of the last year, and then he had a good like three, four months. And now his velocity's down 0.7 miles per hour. I don't know. He's okay. But again, when you, when you have hitters uh, in those rounds in that like six through 10 range, I'm not taking a, a Danny Duffy type pitcher. All right. Fine. I, I, I mean, AL obviously is, is, is a problem, but um, I'd like that part too. But um, so the players that you would like to have shares of Familia only got 15 games. Um, we got Eric Thames and uh, Urias I have in my labor. So I'm with you in glass now too. So I'm with you on those guys. Yeah, well, Familia, I wanted even before I knew exactly, you know, how short his suspension was. He's throwing 100 in uh, spring, and so he's going to be dominant when he gets there. I didn't know how long it would be, but he was going pretty late because of the pending suspension and because he wasn't that good last year. Thames, I mean, Steamer has a crazy projection for him. We talked about it. I'd like to just have one share just just in case, you know. He, had a, he hasn't right. had a good spring. Urias got sent down, and he's going to have 170 innings max, but, you know, the, the upside is just, through the roof. It's it's basically like Cy Young numbers when he's pitching. I think that's the upside with the skill set. He showed some of it last year, and he's a year further along. Um, it's unfortunate I just hadn't pulled the trigger on him. And then Glasnow, I was talking to Derek Carty the night before the main event, and uh, he was saying that Glasnow maybe has the best stuff in, you know, some of the best stuff in all of baseball. And so, he you know, he's sort of like, I think he got sent down, but he's sort of in the mix for that fifth starter pretty soon and uh i'd like to have some shares it's like when Syndergaard got sent down a couple years ago it's like well let's see what happens when he comes up sure a lot of upside totally agree so uh i am definitely curious why you actively avoided uh rizzo and and chris sell well rizzo um shouldn't be going in the first round i mean he's like what 30 32 homers 100 ribbies 285 that's solid he stole three bases last year i mean why are you taking a first-round pick with that? I mean, that's just crazy, right? Like, that's a, that's a mid mid to late second round. I take Votto over him. Votto can hit three fifteen. So Votto had a crazy second half last year, and we talked about Cabrera. You told me that obviously Rizzo should be behind Cabrera, and now he's hurt. But I get, I get it. I get it. I understand. Cabrera's not hurt now. I mean, he played in the preseason after his injury. He'll be he'll be ready for the regular season. He, I'm pretty sure he played in a game. After you know, it's not it's not like they would play him in the spring training game if he were still hurt. But yeah, Rizzo, I mean, he's fine. He's like a late second round pick. He's a solid guy. But why would you take him in the first round? I mean, just in a loaded lineup, and I, I hear you. It makes sense. And what about Chris Sale though? How is he not going to win? To if he stays healthy, he's going to win twenty games. Well, you know, he goes from bad park to bad park. He's in the AL still. Uh, lefties in Fenway struggle or they have struggled when you look at guys like David Price and just the fact that the uh, big advantage is that left field, left-handed hitters struggle in Fenway. And so left-handed hitters aren't going to hit sale anyway. So it's the righties who are going to get the green monster and it'll be a big advantage for them. I'm not saying he won't be like, you know, fine, but I'm looking at like a 330 ERA, 335 uh, and a whip of like 110, 112. And, you know, in the second round, I, I want more than that for my pitcher. 
So you actively avoided three Cubs pitchers, Arietta, Lester, and Hendricks. Uh, explain yourself. Well, Hendricks got pushed up to the point where they were counting last year's season as for real, right? And it might be. He may be able to sustain that going forward. But there, he's priced in like the fifth round now, fifth, sixth round, as if, okay, he is a reliable guy who can do this. And the defense was historically good last year. It's still going to be good, but it's not going to probably be that good. And I'd just rather not buy into it's definitely the case. I, I, I'm more, it's maybe the case, which makes him an eighth or ninth rounder to me. He's not lasting that long. Lester's velocity. Doesn't, doesn't everyone expect this regression? I mean, his ERA was 2.13. Right. No, but they expect regression based on that pick to like 3.0, right? Because he's not a big strikeout guy. He should get wins. I mean, the Cubs will get you wins, but he's not a big strikeout guy. So if they regress him to like 330, he's not going in the fifth, sixth round, right? If they regress him to 3.0, then he is going in the fifth, sixth round. And I'm saying if, if, you project three zero. You're basically saying he's totally a hundred percent for real. And, yes, and and Schwarber will play left field this year, and right. that, that's going to be a problem. But the rest of their defense remains. That's the thing. It's like everyone expect, expects regression, but their defense is really, really good. I mean, Baez is is going to probably play more. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I hear you, but um, I don't know. I, I actually kind of like Hendricks. I feel like the hate's gone too far. I don't think the hate's gone very far when he's going in the fifth round in the NFBC. I, yeah, I hardly I see that as hate that. when you're not a major strikeout guy and you're going in the fifth round. That seems like love to me, and I'm more neutral. 2.13 ERA is pretty ridiculous. Right. Well, everyone knows that's not the case, but I'm saying people are regressing him to, like, very low threes, and I think maybe, you know, 330 again, like sale, you know, and I don't want that in the fifth round without the Ks. Um, the other guy, I uh, said Lester lost a couple miles per hour, and then Arietta's lost some velocity, and he walked a lot more guys. He's had an injury history. I'm staying away from Arietta completely. That's the guy I like the least. I actually agree with you on that one. Arietta's going way too high for me. And yeah, he, he definitely, yeah. No, there's some worrisome signs for sure. And uh, Well, you were a hater of Lester uh, last year entering the year, and he, and he went no, crazy. It wasn't, no, I, I, it wasn't me. It was P and I who hated him. I drafted Lester in the uh, Friends and Family League, and I, I got ripped for it. Oh, you're right. Opposite. You're right. He gave you a hard time. Yeah. Yep. He, can't, he can't hold base runner on, uh, but uh, yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah. Well, good call on that, but now, now you're going the opposite way? Well, it's just that he's, you know, he's, I got him in like what, like the seventh or eighth round last year, and he's now like in the third right. or fourth round, so it's not the same. And he's lost a little velocity, and he lost his personal catcher in David Ross. So just, I don't hate less. If he was going the eighth round, I would still take him, but um, I like him a little less than I did last year, and he's more expensive. Yeah, David Ross is doing some stuff on uh, Dance with the Stars. Uh, you also have Wilson Contreras on here, so you're just like a Cubs hater. I, I want Andy Barons to talk to you about all no, this. No, it's not, it's not that I hate the Cubs. It's that I just don't want um, catchers. I'm not paying up for these catchers. They're, to me, it's just a bad investment. Like, they, they get hurt. They don't have a lot of at-bats. Their upside is very muted. You know, you're hoping for, what, 20 homers and 275. It's just where these guys are going, give me legitimate outfielders that can rake. You know, give me... Andrew yeah. Benatendi, give me Matt Kemp, give me Adam Jones over the Wilson Contreras's, and I just why would you do that? It just doesn't make any sense. And then in the end, you you, you pick up a couple catchers and you shuffle through them till you get your eight home runs and your two fifty average and your fifty runs and ribbies, and then you look at the you know the value of a replacement of Contreras or Salvador Perez or whoever, and it's going to be pretty low. Whereas I think like if you so get how, a, how, how much. 
How much do you change in NFBC with two catchers? I'm just very curious. Well, I think there's two catchers. Yahoo's the only weird one with one catcher, in which case I didn't even draft a catcher. I just picked up Tom Murphy. I'm going to DL him and then pick up someone while I'm waiting for him in in our friends and family league. But I got those guys. and I I drafted my highest catcher the other night in an NFBC online. Uh, Yachty Molina was there in round 21. And I felt I, I just wanted to lock up batting average a little bit more. So I actually took him. I thought, like, that was a tangible thing he gives me, especially when you think of replacement value batting average from catchers. So I wasted a 21st-round pick on Molina, but that was the highest I've gone. Yeah, that's not wasted, but, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so so now why are you against uh, Cody Allen and Chris Davis? Cody Allen is, is just absurd the way he's being priced. Like, people are drafting Andrew Miller right around there, and I presume that's because Andrew Miller should get 10 to 15 saves, right? Yeah, I, I think well, neither who are those will saves get coming from. Uh, who are those saves being subtracted from? I, I I can't imagine who they. It's a zero sum game. <laughs> saves for a team. The team gets amount of saves, and if one guy's getting fifteen of them, then the other guy's losing fifteen saves. So unless you think yeah. Andrew Miller's going to get no saves, I just don't see how you draft Cody Allen with the legitimate closers who are full time. No, totally agree. A thousand percent agree with you. I don't even get it. I don't see why. I, I, whenever he gets drafted before guys like Alex Collins. So you would take F-Rod ahead of him? I, I don't like K-Rod that much this year. I liked him last year. I like him okay. Probably I'd take K-Rod ahead of him. I would certainly take Colum A ahead of him, and I would certainly – I would even take Jim Johnson ahead of him. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely agree with Jim Johnson. I mean, he's, like, underrated. He might get traded midseason, but, I mean, he's right. totally underrated. I don't worry about trades. If the guy's good enough to get traded, that probably means he's done a lot for you, and maybe he gets traded into another closer job. Right, for sure. So who else do you, who, who, whom else do you not like? I, I don't like Ken Giles. I know he's got a great strikeout rate, and he's got great stuff, but he's being priced sometimes with the real top guys, and I just think he failed last year. There's a bunch of guys there who've done it before. He doesn't have elite command. I, I don't want to pay sticker price for Ken Giles. Second highest swinging strike percentage in all of baseball last year. Yeah, but that means nothing. You know, it's all about the control for closers and command. You know, it's not about how dominant you can be. You don't. You, you don't want I Carlos like Marmol. Totally discard that. So you, you, you it means need, nothing. Nope. It, it means nothing. If you don't have command, you're lost. It's all about the command for a closer because you're you're looking at job security. You're not looking at, well, he could strike out a hundred guys rather than just eighty five. That's not. That's nice, but, like, that's not what you're – you need to get your saves. There's a scarce commodity that you need to secure. And if you're looking at upside, like the extra 10 or 15 strikeouts he might get you, um, I think you're making a mistake. I think you've got to look at downside, and the downside's always command. You know who the number one highest uh, swinging strike percentage in baseball? Who's that? His teammate, Luke Gregerson. Right. So I mean, and Chris Davinsky is really good too. So they have a lot. They have a lot of backup options. I really like the Astros. That that was my main bet when I was in Vegas this year. Yeah, weekend. they're they're loaded, especially if Bregman breaks out and Correa bounces back. They're just ridiculously loaded. It seems like there's a couple. Well, loaded McCullers lines. too. McCullers, like if he stays healthy, well, Kygo like, got hurt last year too. I mean, they, everything went wrong last year, and they still did they make the playoffs? Yeah, they did, right? Yeah, no, I think they, they're no, loaded. They lost to Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, that's. That's that's my team though. I, I I actually bet a pretty significant amount on a fifteen to one odds. That's that's uh, my pick. I had the Indians last year and Astros this year. Well, you were wrong on the Indians. You blew it. I was wrong. You're right. Right. Very very much. Right. So who else? Who else? We got a couple other guys. Yeah, uh, Borsello, go, obviously. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean is obvious. Chris Davis with a K. I just think that skill set of power with bad batting average in a bad lineup and bad park is just not something I want to pay for. If he hits, you know, 28 home runs instead of 40, it's just – that's a dime a dozen, you know. And there's – who's that guy in the Reds? I keep forgetting his name. 
<laughs> he was the same thing. He like his bad batting average. He actually steals a few bases. Adam Duvall. You know, oh, it's like it's yeah. like why pick Chris Davis when you get Adam Duvall? Why there's just so many of those kind of guys just around. Yeah, the thing with Duvall is that everyone expects regression, so that he's not he's actually not even being treated that. Yeah, I don't like team. Duvall at all. But I'm just saying, like, if you want a scrubby right. power guy with bad batting average, they're they're all over the place. I I just don't see a reason to spend a top ten pick on Chris Davis. Other guys I don't like, Granky, Velo's down, Bad Park. I just think he may be on the way out. Jose Quintana. Jeff pointed out he's been very consistent, but until he gets traded, terrible team, bad park, AL, not a ton of upside. Aaron Sanchez, I, I was kind of buying into, like, the stuff. Maybe he takes a leap, but I don't know. It's just AL East. The peripherals weren't great. He's getting drafted. They're basically pricing in another step for him, and I don't like that. Tehran, it's fine. I don't like him in the top ten rounds. Um, not a big strikeout guy. Again, I think the Braves may score more runs. They were better in the second half, but I don't. Uh, project him for a lot of run support. Porcello, I just not where he's going. I, I just there's so many guys I'd rather take. Gaddis, another catcher. I don't know where he slots in playing time wise. Eduardo Nunez, terrible park, career year, staying away. So a bunch of other guys. You know, I wouldn't have to go over every single one of them. But like, there's just guys that I actively every time they got picked, I was like, thank you, cross them off. Was never even thinking about those guys. Yeah, no, the, the, most of these guys actually agree with, unfortunately. But, uh, like, David Robertson's an interesting guy to me because I feel like he could be traded to the Nationals, like, immediately. But he's, and, not, been, uh, he's not good, right? Like, like, I don't trust him to keep the job. A lot of walks last year. A lot of walks. He just hasn't been good for, like, three years. So, you know, when you have these closers who have, like, a 350 ERA and a 128 whip or something, whatever he had, it's like they're on the ropes, man. You know, like, the stuff isn't that great. He's on the ropes. Why do you not like Matt Moore? Matt Moore is just vanilla. I mean, Matt Moore is supposed to break out for a long time. His command's not that great. No, he's going to dominate in the Giants this year. Um, I don't know. He's had so many chances. I just don't see it. He had, like, one bad game in Colorado last year after joining the Giants. Yeah, everybody, just, everybody's Colorado starts count. I was arguing with Pino on the show the other day because he was, he was trying to diss Strasburg, and I was saying he pitched at Colorado with an injury, you know, not 100%, and he was like, well, they all count. And they do all count, but you would have definitely benched him for that start. Um, you would probably right. bench more for that start, too. Yeah, more last year in Tampa and San Francisco, 480 RA, 129 whip. I guess he did strike out a lot. His, his command is bad, though. He walks too many guys. And, you know, he's what was his uh, K-to-walk ratio joining the Giants? I don't know. What was it? It was, it was good. I, I haven't looked it up. I will, I'll have to look it up. But he, um, I don't know. I, I feel like in that part, well, you're right. I mean, Tampa Bay is a pretty good park, too. But I do like Matt Moore this year. And totally different as far as being in the AL East in the NL West. But Ryan Healy, the last one I want to ask you about. Yeah, I didn't realize he was going to get the full-time DH. So I'll, I'll give you, I don't hate him as much as I thought. I thought he was, like, struggling for playing time. And uh, Yonder Alonso, like, retooled his swing. has been killing it this spring, so I think he'll stay at first base. I think he can play defense there, too, a little bit better. And Plouffe is their third baseman. He's their starter. So Healy's going to have to DH, um, but maybe that will be the case. Alonzo and is certainly no lock to keep the job. I mean, he's scrubby, and maybe that new approach works. Maybe it doesn't. But I'll, I'll give you a pass on Ryan Healy where you got him. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, so do we go over the, our bets we made yesterday and lost, uh, in the lost podcast? Uh, yeah, I mean, the bets are still valid even if the podcast was lost. So they were really weird, one of the bets. One of the bets was just 50 bucks between uh, who? Who was the $50 bet on? It was Hanley versus uh, Will Myers. Okay, so I have Will Myers. You have Hanley, most fantasy value, minimum 100 games played. And the other yep. one was this bizarre Jason Hayward bet where if he finishes 21 to 60 among outfielders, nobody wins any money. If he finishes worse than 60, I owe you 20. 
And if he finishes top 20, you owe me 100, right? Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Minimum exactly. 100 games, minimum 100 games. Good times, uh, miss you out in Vegas, and um, now it's your time to talk some politics. Yeah, I actually can't. I got like 20 people around, all these kids here. We have guests over. <laughs> so it's okay. not, not the time or place, although I'm sure they would agree with me on the state of affairs. But, um, but next week, we'll pick it up. Okay, fine. Fair enough. All, all right, man. man. Take care, Don. That was the East Coast Offense Podcast brought to you by FanDuel. There's a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month RotoWire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get that free subscription, but you also have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's more than $40 in value for just $10. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW.